Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to this brand new episode of Raw Milk Meats. In this kind of new podcast, I'm going to be speaking to local people who work wonders doing fantastic things, putting our beautiful little town on the map in all kinds of different ways. In this one, we speak with Ian Trickett, the man behind independent online clothing brand Trickett England, based right here in our corner of East Lancashire. Some will know it, others perhaps not, but I encourage everyone to go out of their way to check it out. You certainly won't be disappointed. I'm making it my mission this year to celebrate all things Accrington, and Ian is the first of many of these kind of guests who all share in a passion for Heimburg. And as Ian so often says, don't worry, be Aki. A massive thanks to him for giving up his valuable time. Enjoy, and let's have it. And I am delighted to be joined by Ian Trickett on this, our new journey into sort of dealing with local people that maybe aren't uh, completely centred around football. Um, and Ian's been fantastic to join us. So, Ian, cheers for being with us, mate. How are you doing? How's things? How's uh, life in summer 2022 treating you? Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. Life's been, life's been pretty good. I've, I've got about a bit... Um... I've had to leave Accrington a few times, which obviously has, has broken my heart. But um, yeah, I've, I've managed to get out, see a few people, do some nice things. So yeah, uh, summer 2022 has been been a nice one. Thank you very much. How's yours been? Yeah, it's been all right. I'm um, As many people know, I am a teacher, so I'm actually back into school tomorrow. So summer is very much ended for me now. So I'm a little bit sad. The six-week holidays are a bit of a... There's pros and cons to them because obviously they're fantastic. But then when it comes to this time of year... I'll get a little bit suicidal as well. So just well, waiting well, to go in. 
a lot of my pals are, uh, are teachers, so um, I, I definitely, I've, I've already heard this uh, a few times, to be fair. So, And then the, I imagine you'll have everybody else going, well, you get six weeks off, but uh, it does that sort of period from the end of July to the end of um, August. Seems to just fly by, doesn't it, really? So, um, yeah, I don't feel too sorry for you, though. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. Yeah, you can't really mourn too much when some people have just probably had a week off here and there, haven't they? So yeah, I'm not. I'm definitely not mourning about that. But yeah, it does come to this point now when I'll I'll just be led in bed tonight, thinking, oh my god, I've got to get up at half six in the morning for the first time in seven weeks. So I'm dreading that a little bit. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Uh, well, yeah. Okay then. So you know, people will be sort of aware of who you are. People that have uh, that follow you know, the, maybe me on Twitter or, or around the Accrington area. But just to start us off then, just tell us a bit about yourself, you know, what's your background, who you are, because I'm sure that maybe people from who listen to us from a little bit further afield might be wondering, you know, what's he got, got this fella on for? He's not a footballer. Uh, yeah, that's very true. And, and uh, even at my very peak of uh, captain of Huncourt United, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> necessarily class myself as a footballer either but uh yeah I did all right for St Christopher's High School as well so but I was surrounded by amazing players so um yeah we'll uh, we'll skip over my footballing career because that would be a very short discussion but uh yeah I'm, I'm Ian Trickett I um I run a clothing brand um called Trickett England uh I couldn't think of a better name for it uh because I'm not that imaginative when it comes to names for stuff so what we do we saw some of the nicest um clothing accessories and stuff for your house from you know places that i have a, a connection to whether that's italy uh america but most importantly the united kingdom and um hopefully most of the time uh accrington you know we we make a good selection of interesting objects right here in accrington which makes me out oh, and lancashire as a whole uh, and that makes me very 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 proud but um what we're all about is paying people fairly, doing things the right way and releasing products that you can't get anywhere else. And that's ultimately what, what I'm here to do as re as regards my background. Um, I actually come from a musical background. Um, I did a music degree um, at university. I practiced that um, for about six months after university, hated it, ended up working in a building society for two weeks, hated that. Uh, and then got a job working, um, in a phone shop in Burnley, whilst also doing lots of other bits on the side. I, like, I can't stress to anyone enough listening to this. I'm not trained. I don't really know anything about this. I just like talking to people and working out how stuff's made. So um, from that, um, I started a, a little blog that people will never know the name of, and I'm not going to tell anyone the name of it because it's thoroughly embarrassing. But I started that, realised that I could um, connect with people, chat to people, and then uh, I went to an amazing sock factory in Leicester, said, will you make me some socks from my dad? And they said to me, you have to make at least 60 pairs. My head fell off, but I thought, oh, well, even if no one ever buys them on my blog, at least um, I can give them out to my mates for Christmas presents for the rest of my life. Uh, luckily, uh, a couple of people bought those socks, so then I made some more socks. And then um, it also spiralled out of control from that point. And that was um, in January. That will actually be 10 years ago, which uh, I know me and you have just been speaking about um, six-week holidays and stuff like that and that flying by quick. But a decade of doing it doesn't really seem like I've been doing it for 10 years. It just seems like I've been doing it for an afternoon. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really lucky. I get to wake up every day and do something I really love. So, um, and that's all thanks to the, the the amazing people around me that that either make the stuff um support me uh you know psychologically with my friends and family or the people that put their hands in their pockets and um and uh, you know purchase stuff from the shops that I can keep going and keep buying pies to feed myself at lunchtime so yeah that's uh, that's tricky in a very yeah, concise nutshell because if I don't rein myself in this could turn into a, a three year uh podcast and nobody <laughs> no one wants to listen to that do they to be fair turn into a Joe Rogan-esque four hour special yeah, yeah. um no it is mate you've answered about three of my questions there in one to be fair um so what year did you leave St Christopher's because I went there as well uh, uh I left in 2003 
Ah, there you go. I didn't start until 2006. Uh, That's me showing showing how incredibly old I am, isn't it, to be fair? (laughs) Yeah. No, you're not that old. You're not that old. But 10 years, wow. 10 years. That's Uh, some good going. And congratulations for that as well. So that's coming up this year, is it? Next year? Yeah, well, uh, well, um, I'm already in the planning phase of um, all the weird stuff that I'm going to release in 2023. Um, but yeah, it was December 2012 when we started out. So obviously, that's the it, we will be we will have done 10 years. We'll have done our time 10 years by the time it gets to gets to 2023. So yeah, it's uh, very strange, very weird, but very exciting and sort of um, I, 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 it's definitely not the right word, but it does seem a bit daunting in a way that I've been doing it for this long and I still don't really feel like I know anywhere near enough. So to, to be classed as a uh, an actual um, person that knows what they're on about, I still have imposter syndrome and like a lot of my mates will tell me that when I talk about what I'm doing, I still find it really strange when I'm at meetings with people that, in my opinion, know infinitely more about these things than me. And I still think that I'm an eight-year-old playing with them Corinthian big head figures, action men, and wondering when they are grown up going to enter the room so um i think that's uh that's sort of how i, I want to keep going to be honest because i think um, the innocence of it all makes it um a more interesting to learn about if i'm honest no absolutely and i think i remember back to the first time that i heard about you as well and it's i was working at the students union in manchester and it was my first job out of uni and i had two two lads that i worked with were designers and i just remember they they sort of were really into the sort of clothing and fashion and i just remember him asking me one day he said is this Trickett shop in Accrington, do you know anything about it? And I was, I remember Googling Trickett store Accrington and, <laughs> so, and sort of trying to find you on the high street and having absolutely no idea what he was talking about. And it wasn't until I sort of went onto your website and Twitter and went from there that I sort of pieced together what you were doing really. Um, do you find that you get a lot of sort of, are you, I, I'm, I'm guessing from my perspective and just from people I speak to, I live in Stockport now, but I... I was in Didsbury for a bit and Manchester City Centre as well. And I see a hell of a lot of your T-shirts in Cholton and Didsbury. Do you, I'm guessing that you get most of your custom from sort of outside the area at this point. Um, yeah, well, t- to be quite frank with you, um, you were one of the first people. We still work at, the, did you work at the Crown Pub for a bit? I might have, if you've got this story wrong, forgive me, or is it, or I, I, whatever, but somebody, either it was, I think it was you, you wanted something being delivered to the Crown Pub. That's absolutely I right. It's my, right. I was working there, that will have been just after I stopped at the Students' Union, I moved home, and I was working right. night shifts, because it's my uncle's the landlord there, yeah. but I, I remember that, I got something delivered, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that the only reason I remember that very distinctly is not because I'm a complete like Rain Man-esque person. It's because um, I remember sending that, well, delivering that parcel because that was like, we've maybe been doing it five years, maybe a bit less, maybe a bit longer. I can't remember. But that was the first parcel that we'd ever sent to anyone in Accrington that wasn't a mate. So that is just, fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so it'd taken five years for somebody, and you weren't even in Aki, you know, you you were like you'd heard about us via Stockport, sorry, via <laughs> yeah. Student Union. So that 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 made made my head fall off a bit that somebody from Accrington had bought stuff because I my whole life I'd grown up with, like with my grandma and other people telling me that people from Accrington were a, a town of lookers and touchers. That's what she always used to say. <laughs> but people never put their hand in the pocket and bought stuff because of like so sure I can conditions yada 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 but I can't tell you how thrilled I was to actually sell something to somebody from Accrington and now weirdly we're in the position where we offer a local pickup at Avenue Parade post office where Shafiq works um, because there's so many people already locally and they don't want to pay postage so that they go to the Avenue Parade get some uh, chewing gum and some samosas from um, Shafiq and, and pick their parcel up so that that's amazing it's so if anything it was it was like almost the reverse of what should have happened in as regards I'm getting more people from Accrington now ordering stuff as I've gone deeper into running the company than I did when I first started the this is where it gets really weird the people that supported me the most from like day dot weirdly and I will forever uh, love a the city and the people from the city is, is Aberdeen um I know weird um the all those lads that you know I could I even know most of the names but for probably data protection reasons I can't say that but um they're um yeah without those lads there's no tricky and lasses to be fair 
and, and everybody else in between. They they were without those people. Um, there was, you know, we we never would have been able to to carry on um, to the level that we are because they saw something in us that they really liked and and pushed on with it. Um, so yeah, if it weren't for the the mighty Granite City, um, we probably wouldn't be getting it in the position that we are now, getting it to sell stuff and and make nice things and you know do creative stuff. Um, because when I needed some help, uh, those people were there. So yeah, pretty pretty unbelievable, really, that uh, it was everybody but Accrington. <laughs> and to be fair, like you know, that I, I I've read so many books and so many things from uh, and advice from other. Uh, people that I admired that had started streetwear brands or fashion brands or whatever. And they were like, sell it to your mates first, get it on their backs and stuff like that. And I, I'm no problem like in saying this. Most of my mates never bought it uh, and they still don't know. It's probably because they're tight or whatever. But um, <laughs> that, again, it just it worked in a completely different opposite end wave stuff for me. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'd probably give terrible advice if somebody asked me, how do you start up a clothing company? Because everything works sort of back to front. I went to far northeast of Scotland to get to people supporting us before I even went like five minutes out my front door. So yeah, a bit strange really. And thinking back to that as well, I remember exactly what it was. It was just the the navy blue tricky Accrington England t-shirt. Um, yeah. And Classic. yeah, and that's still a an absolute focal point of my wardrobe now. It's it's just just starting to lose the uh, lettering a bit from eight hundred thousand washes. So I'm probably yeah. due buying a new one actually. But um, I actually, I love them when they're a bit. I'll see. I I love clothes when they're knackers. So yeah, uh, it's a bit weird. Like when people that I know will send me any like an email or text message saying, hey, "Do you know how to fix this?" or whatever and I'll be like oh no I'll just let it get knackered I just think clothes <laughs> yeah. when they, they've been worn by the person like like a good pair of jeans if you buy like some salvage denim or whatever and, and you can see all the wear marks on them and stuff where it's like your body and like where you put your hand in your pocket and stuff like that I find I, I love stuff like that but sorry that's a slight tangent so I'll, I'll be quiet no absolutely yeah no I, I know exactly what you what you mean because like I say I do still wear it pretty much fully once a week to be fair um, and it still gets attention as well and it's that it's sort of that, that branding's pretty you know you, it's very recognizable as well um so you've you've just mentioned it obviously you're you're a local you're a local person you're still living in Accrington now um what are your memories of you mentioned you went to St Christopher's you played for Uncourt United what are your memories of an Accrington childhood and sort of how has growing up in Accrington and maybe East Lancashire as a whole uh working in Burnley you mentioned there and How's that shaped sort of who you are today and the work that you do today then? Um, I, I've, I've got really, I've no problem admitting that I've got a really sort of um, rose-tinted view of, of Accrington and Lancashire and, and um, everything else that's associated with it. I, I, I really like it around here. Um, I know some people quite rightly, um, the first opportunity they get to leave, they do so. And uh, I don't blame anybody for, for wanting to do that because you really do increasingly so around here. You have to battle through um, the negative stereotypes and, the, and well, it's not even stereotypes. A lot of the time, the actual bad stuff that's happening right in front of you and and, and dig down and sort of see what, what is really beautiful about, about Accrington. But that's the same for so many towns in, in the north of England and, and, and elsewhere, to be honest. But growing up, um, I, I loved it. Um, I, literally, my best pal lived four doors down from me. There was two massive fields across from me and from somebody who was just obsessed with football and playing out and just having a good time like that's that's literally all I ever wanted to do and I had the opportunity to to be able to do that every day so I I, I have really fond memories of it and like I sort of saw Accrington in the sort of very 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 last sort of uh, you know it's it was on fire I sort of saw the smoke of it a little bit as as regards like how, how good it was like all the shops were still uh, full. There was lots of independent places. Warner Street in Accrington, which is still in the, really one of the best shopping streets in Accrington, probably even in East Lancashire for independent trade. Um, that was booming. There were so many interesting little shops on there. Like they had an amazing toy master that sold all kinds of stuff that you could ever want. Because even now, I'm still really into toys and um, you know action figures and stuff. So that that place really stuck with me. Which is now Bailey's, and I don't even think it's even a anything anymore. I think it's a furniture, like a second hand furniture. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it is. Yeah, but yeah. you know, like you know, I love chips. The Church Street Chip who were on there, like you know, everything that you could ever want. Like my my grandma 
Joey's used to say, look, like when I was a little bit older and I would be going to like London for job interviews or to go and, you know, see shops or whatever. Uh, she'd always say to me, what do you need to leave Lancaster? Sorry, what do you need to leave Accrington for? You've got everything. Sorry. I'll rephrase that. That's a terrible way. I'm not I'm not dishonoring Dorothy that way. She would say to me, what do you need to go to London for? You've got everything that you need in Accrington. And even to this day, I sort of believe that you've got everything that you need in Accrington. Like, yeah, I might want a, you know, a collaborative Nike pair of trainers with Junior Wantanabe, but I don't need them, do I? Like, it'd be great to have them, but I don't need them. I don't need, like an Italian uh, wool fleece jacket that you can only get from one shop in Bologna. Like, I don't need that. It's nice to have it. And I would, you know, I'll save up for it and I'll get it, but I don't need it. So um, I still sort of look at that with Accrington and like, I've still got everything that I need here and I still have endless uh, inspiration from the place and it's industrial past and it's very strange future uh, and it's even weirder present um so i have got you know everything that i need here but um yeah it is it, i i sort of view it through roasting glasses a bit because i can really hype it up to people and like when they come i'll show them all the really good bits and make sure that they don't see any of the bad bits but i imagine it's like any other town like i was only having this conversation with my mum this morning actually about how you know, if you're from round here and you're saying horrible things about Accrington, if you're from Blackburn, you know, Blackburn's as horrible as Burnley. Burnley's as horrible as Blackburn. Darwin's as horrible as everywhere else. Like, the, the you just have to go digging. There are, and, in it, and again, as, as I've said previously, you have, to, you have to dig a little bit harder now. But um, these places are amazing. They're, they're just having a tough time and things will get better. But um, you just have to try a bit harder at the minute. And I realise that could be quite difficult for a lot of people. No, I think that's that'll resonate massively with a lot of people that have, have listened to this before and, you know, even people that aren't from the town because I think that that sort of romance of the area feeds hand in hand for a lot of us with the football club as well and it gives us, in a tough time, something to be really, really proud of and it has done for me over the last 20 years and even me going to university and stuff like that, I've never really sort of, I've, I've never really made many friends in house parties when you always get the sort of cocky... Um, you know, middle-class person telling you how much of a shithole Lacrington is. Um, I've never really stood for that because, again, I've um, maybe I do. I'm looking at I'm looking at it through those spectacles that you are, and it's it's rose tinted a little bit. But there is a romance to it, like you just said, and especially in the northwest and the whole of the north, really. Everyone's got that sort of thing that the they sort of view their town as, and it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And I think it is something that needs to be celebrated and. It's interesting that you you mentioned those seeing the last of the sort of the shops being full and things like that because you, when you're on those do you know those sort of memory fa- memory yeah. pages on Facebook I always see I remember seeing one that was from like 2000 or maybe the late 90s and I I do remember the Arndale just being sort of gorgeous and you know uh, flower beds everywhere and things like that and that that seems that seems so many years ago now doesn't it looking back at it and and where we are now. Yeah, well, like when my mum and my dad talk about like the things that you could get in Accrington, like my head falls off a bit. Like they were like department stores and like places that you get screws from, like just exclusively they'd sell screws. And then there'd be places that, you know, there was a baker, candlestick maker, all, all these sort of things that were they were there and like i'm not talking like my mum and dad aren't like 200 years old like they're in the 60s you know like this isn't isn't like an astronomical time but like a long time ago or anything like that so it 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 does it's happened once before and i'm sure if with somebody with a bit of creativity and a lot of funding could create that again i just think we've we've been trapped haven't we a lot of us into the idea of that convenience is more important than supporting your local whatever um i do think like I, I, it's it's a lot of the time when you're on uh, like a social media you're talking to your pals or whatever you're in a bit of a an echo chamber aren't you so you can sort of convince yourself that things are getting better and people's opinions of um buying local and stuff is changing but i do feel that there is a bit of a sea change as regards like where is this money that i'm spending going like if i spend my five pounds here and yeah, it's a quid more expensive than I could get it on the internet, but this supports this person a bit more. I do think even with money becoming increasingly tight amongst people, I do think more and more people are maybe 
considering the choices whether they actually act on them is a different thing but i do think people are considering their choices about how i spend my money and and where i spend it and hopefully that will trickle down and help people maybe set up businesses and do fun things in whatever local area that you are that um makes your place that you live a little bit better but yeah to to go back to uh, what you were saying about people saying that Accrington's not uh, great or wherever you're you know from um i went to university in liverpool and obviously uh your your fanzines called raw milk for various different reasons but as you can imagine three years in liverpool introducing yourself to scousers saying that you're from accrington oh yeah uh, only to be greeted by the um famous milk advert um that got boring very quickly it was boring <laughs> after the same time but you know you just sort of grin and bear it at least they're not saying anything bad about it you know at least uh, at least ian rush had nice things to say about accrington to be fair yeah, he did. In a weird way. I mean, you say it's called that for various reasons. It's pretty much called that just because of that 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 advert, to be fair. Um, but now it is. That sort of put us on the map in a little strange way, doesn't it? I've just You've just made me think of something there when you were talking about sort of everything that they used to have in Accrington. I don't know if you've ever heard this story, but my mum and dad always tell me about how good the Sunday night out was in Accrington and, how, and stories of like coaches coming over from Liverpool and Preston full of people just to go out in Accrington on a Sunday night. Have you yeah, ever heard like, that? Yeah. Yeah, well, my sister's a little bit older than me, not not majorly, but she's like four years older than me, and she caught the tail end of that. And um, like on a Sunday night, and like she were far too young to be going out, but we won't get into that. It's a different thing. <laughs> um, and she, uh, But she caught like the tail end of that, and people were coming from all over just to go out in Accrington, and that's like not anything to do with the whole people from Blackburn and Burnley coming to Accrington to fight, you know, when the football were on or anything. That's a completely different thing. People used to come to have a good time in Accrington because um, between Accrington, Blackburn and, and Burnley, there was some of like the best night out that you could have and that was all in East Lancashire and they were all within a taxi ride of each other like um, my uncle once told me that he knew a few people not new but encountered a few lads that were literally going on a stag do and this must have been like the mid 80s where they were staying in Accrington but on a Friday sorry they were staying in Accrington going to Blackburn on the Friday night going to Burnley on the uh, Saturday night and going to Aki on the Sunday night and then going home to be back at work on the Monday so they were going out for a stag do in East Lancashire which Wow. It sounds thoroughly depressing now, but apparently they had like a ball. I think he said they were from Wolverhampton, as I remember. I'll check with him, but that's what they, yeah, mad at it that they come all that way just for a night out in East Lancashire. Probably because the beer were cheap and it was good fun. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is such a strange thought. I think anybody who's never heard that story who's a bit younger might just be thinking they might, their heads might have just fallen off. But yeah, bring back the good times. Maybe we're, maybe we're uh, like you said, they're just spending that little bit of extra money and supporting local businesses. Probably something that we're going to have to see a hell of a lot more of maybe in the in the coming years as things get a little bit harder for people. Um, touch wood. Yeah. Um, all right, then, mate. So, yeah, you've you've given the, a background of sort of the brand. Um, tell us about the sort of day to day goings on then running it. Your website, I've, I've said this to you before, but your website is what I would describe as an amalgamation of like all your interests. And it's clear that that website is just a representation of sort of everything that you love. You mentioned toys there before you've sold those before Italian coffee, sunglasses, shoes, absolutely everything you could think of has been on there. Is there a sort of method to it or is it just, you get an idea, you read about something and, and you just run with it and you think, you know what, I like that. That's what I'm going to put together. Yeah, I'm in, a, I'm in a really fortunate position where I don't have shareholders. I don't have people that I need to please other than myself. And I don't have people saying you need to sell that because it needs to make money. Otherwise, we can't do X, Y and Z. So um, the shop, uh, everything that I put out, it's a representation of me and all of it flows through me. Like we aren't this big, massive um corporation or anything like that there's like me my dad and that's about it really um working here and um everything that that comes out is through me uh and that means that i get to pick the products i get to design them i get to import them i get to talk to the people that that make them i get to edit things i get to see if i can make things for you know in a more interesting way um so yeah you are absolutely right everything that's on there or will be on there is 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 something that I would use or wear or want to buy or have as a gift uh, because I think that's the best thing. Like there's so many shops that I grew up loving 
that have either been bought out by massive corporations or have had to change tact or stock brands because they know that they'll sell so that they can support other brands and stuff. And that's not really what I'm about. I'd much rather have something in there that hangs in the shop for years, knowing that I've picked it because I love it rather than, oh yeah, this will definitely sell. Because there's so many things that you could, you know, whack a, a football on it and sell. Um, but that's not really what I'm about. And if I were into making loads of money or whatever, I'd um, I'd reissue stuff and I'd do, you know, instead of doing a, you know, 50 or 100 or something, I'd make a thousand of it and just let it sit there so that everybody can have it. But the, the magic of what I do, I think, is the fact that you can't just get it at your local shop and you can't just um, keep buying it forever. And, you know, people will make a jacket and then, oh, we've done it in navy blue this year and next year we'll do it in dark navy blue and then the year after that it'll be dark black and stuff like that. That's not really my style. Like, I've got such a weird brain that I'm always sort of thinking of new things and wanting to do new things. And uh, I think this is the this is the result of that. Like I like stuff. I like designing things and I like the process of designing, manufacturing, shipping and, and it landing in Accrington. So I think, um, yeah, it is just a complete, you know, if you opened up my brain, the shop would look a bit like that, just with a lot more Andrea Pirlo um, free kick uh, compilations <laughs> on YouTube and Les Ferdinand goals. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm lucky that way that the the whole shop is just a representation of who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that comes across as well with anybody who's ever bought anything from, from you will know this, but you know, you every time I always think you get something, I think I bought a hat once and then I opened it up and I also had three baseball cards, eight Maradona stickers and a postcard from Naples or something like that. So it's you can see that you've got that passion and that sort of love for giving somebody um, a unique product that's also packaged with sort of that love that you can get as well that you wouldn't get from... Um, you know, if you're buying it from a big brand, you're just a number and they couldn't really give a shit about you. Um, you mentioned this earlier as well, but there's you mentioned that you've got influence from sort of Naples, America, LA. You've done socks that have been sort of, um, that have, um, what am I, what's the word that I'm thinking of, that have been inspired from those areas before? Where's that originated from then? Because you say that you, you're a massive football fan, but maybe American pop culture and LA and places like that, that doesn't really go hand in hand in football. So is that just something else that's an interest to you as well? Well, when I was growing up, um, most people were really into like guitar-based music or whatever. Um, I really loved hip-hop from as, as however old I was. Um, probably, I'm trying to think when my first, I can't even remember, but that's how long an obsession it's been. And again, when most people were loving West, uh, sorry, East Coast hip hop and, or even Southern hip hop, I, I sort of went West. Uh, I, I loved NWA. I loved Dr. Dre. I loved Snoop. I loved, and I know he isn't from the, the West Coast, but he was very much associated with it in, in Tupac and Eminem. These guys were the, the sort of my heroes. These were the guys that I wanted to listen to. And, um, you listen to their music and it's, you know, inextricably linked uh, to Los Angeles. So learning about that from a far too young age to learn what these lads were sort of rapping about um, and sort of understanding the culture a little bit more and visiting, um, it it sort of changed my life in a way because of the Latino um, influence that the city has and obviously formerly belonged to Mexico and um, the Spanish and all various different things. Just the influence on, on the city and the people, the food, uh, the fashion, the the way that they talk, their attitude, it is just something that I found really intoxicating. So it couldn't help but be influenced through what I do. And for me, although it isn't the birthplace of hip hop and it isn't the birthplace of streetwear, uh, to quote Dre, because I am sure most people will be really happy about, uh, it's not about who did it first, it's about who did it right. And I always feel that the West Coast, whenever they get presented with something, they just do it right. And Los Angeles, for me, is the epicenter of that. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm always looking to it for inspiration and always looking to it for an attitude. And um, they always just seem to get it right. So that that's them. Uh, and if moving on, um, Naples is, like, is a sort of relatively new thing. But um, I remember um, this was a long, long time ago. Uh, I watched Football Italia 
And this is when Napoli were on the way down, really, uh, after the glories of uh, Maradona. And I think, the, I always say this, I don't know why he stays in my head, but I always think of Laurent Blanc wearing um, the Napoli shirt at the period that I was getting into him. And that was a long time ago. Most wow, people yeah. know that Laurent Blanc played for Napoli, but I think he did for either one season or two seasons, I can't remember. But yeah, the sort of Jean Branco's all that era and all that. Um, I really got into them because they were awful and I'm always drawn to terrible football teams as uh, as seems to have happened throughout my life. Um, and But now they're actually quite good. So I remember uh, I, I love Italy, uh, visited a few times and I was like, right, I want to go to Naples, see what that's like. And you sort of have a picture in your head of what the city is going to be like and what the people are going to be like. And it's nothing like that. Uh, these people, the, the city is mad. Um, the place is mad, but the people are among some of the nicest people that you could ever meet. Um, they, they have horrible stereotypes about how you know they're going to stab you in the street, or that they're all drug dealers, or whatever. And this is just like a, a northern stereotype of of the south of Italy. It's, it's sort of in reverse to here. How you know? I'm not saying this still exists, but how people in the south of England think that people from the north are a certain way, and us vice versa. In Italy, it's exactly the same. The the north thinks that the South are beneath them. Again, this is like a stereotype. This isn't true. And the South thinks that, you know, the people in the North are basically German. So, you know, they're not even Italian. And then it was all sort of, you know, perpetuates some quite nasty stuff. But yeah, I went to um, went to Naples, uh, wasn't prepared mentally or physically for it. And um, I fell in love with it uh, straight away. It's one of those places that you'll go to and you either love it or you'll hate it. Um, and I was lucky enough that I, I fell in love with it. And um, I met an amazing, uh, two of my best pals now, uh, Joe and Iris, who live out there, who help find absolutely amazing manufacturers, interesting things to look at. And um, yeah, it just uh, spiraled completely out of control since then. So the idea that you can have a, a brand, a clothing brand from Accrington is weird. To have one that's influenced by Los Angeles is super weird. But to have one with such strong connections to the south of Italy is like a complete one-off. So I, I, re I recognize that if you're new to this, it is quite weird to have uh, to have a, a brand that's influenced by all those things sat, sat in a warehouse in Accrington. But here we are. We're we're a bit weird, but we'll we'll try our best to make you smile. Excellent. Okay, then I guess that we. Let's talk a little bit about football because I get shouted out and screamed at in the street by people these days if I don't talk about football at least 100% of the time of my life. Um, you mentioned before you had a passion for football. Are you a Stanley supporter, a Stanley fan? I know that you did the um, a few little bits and pieces with, with, with your clothes, didn't you, a few years ago where you got Billy Key and Jimmy Bell on board. But, you know, predominantly, do you support Accrington or are you, uh, do you sort of shop elsewhere for your football love? No, no, I, I, I love Accrington Stanley. They're the only club that I really um, have a, a real strong love for. Like I love Napoli. Uh, that's after uh, visiting a few times and sort of falling in love with the city and the people. But yeah, Stanley are the only really ones that I care about. Like I liked Newcastle for a bit when I was growing up because I liked the shirts, but nothing really that serious. Um, but um, yeah, Stanley are really the only people that I, I care a lot about. And, and you notice that in my voice didn't you um i i love the club uh and i, lo I love the town and stuff but um yeah i i, I it's, it's weird since they've become better better run um a better club yada 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 um i do sort of feel that sorry about that that's my phone going off right. uh, I, do, I do sort of feel that um I've lost the interest in it, but that isn't Stanley's fault per se. That is the fault of just football. Like I've, I'm acutely aware this sort of time round, just how um, you see people like grown men talking about how much people are spending on footballers and uh, whether the club can afford it and all stuff like that. Like, man, like, I don't care. If somebody at the football club thinks that they can afford to buy some football that I've never heard of, like, fair play. Like, I don't care. Like, maybe that's just because I've got a little bit older and jaded or whatever. But, you know, football is routinely being bought for £70 million and being paid £200,000 a week and stuff like that. And again, I don't blame the footballers. I don't even blame the clubs particularly. But, like, it's just astronomical amounts of money being paid for, like, 
buying average footballers. Like these aren't 70 million pounds isn't buying you like prime Diego Maradona or like Alan Shearer or you know, amazing footballers. It's like buying you, you, you know, an all right centre off that'll be a backup. Like, I don't know. I've just become a bit jaded by it all. But yeah, I'll, I'll still love Stanley. I still want him to win. Like, I didn't think I cared that much. But when um, yesterday, when uh, Rochdale managed to get it to two two, I could have thrown myself out of a window. Like, I was just like, what? What is going on? But you know, I don't. I pretend to myself that I don't care, but I do but I try not to care too much because uh, one thing that I learned during lockdown when there were no fans in the in the stands and obviously I realised that you know, football without the fans really is nothing to, you know, use that age-old adage. But um, one thing I found, I, I just didn't watch football. It just didn't interest me. So I started reading books and I started going out for a jog and I started meditating and I started researching more and doing more fun things and walking my dog Mabel and doing stuff like that. And I felt so much happier. I can't even describe to you how much happier I felt. Like not having that worry and that sort of like impending doom of like a Saturday or like random Tuesday evening hanging over. You were just like, oh, they're going to lose. Are they going to be terrible? Are they going to rag a one nil win and I'm not going to be happy? And stuff like that. It just, um, it 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 sort of cleared my mind. And it, I can feel it creeping back in now, caring about football. So I'm trying to be very Buddhist and push all the negative energy out of my life. But I still want Stanley to win, you know, like anytime that Stanley play it, and I'll still want him to win. It's just that I, it won't ruin my weekend like it used to. Yeah, I mean, it's. I've I've spoken to so many people who've said that exact same thing to me, you know, and to, I I was the exact same last year. And and Callum, who does the 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 sort of normal podcasts with me, he was the same. We found that in lockdown, you sort of well, it was the other way around for me. I was doing some match reports for the Accrington Observer, so I was I was sort of watching more Stanley than I'd probably ever watched before, really, because I was doing the reports for it. So I was in the ground as well. Um, and what I found last year when the when fans were allowed back in is that I'd put that much into the previous season that it was almost like a hangover for it. I couldn't get myself up to go again. Um, yeah. My sort of energy levels were were down. And then you throw in the fact that your friends are all meeting up on the weekends again and you've got various things here, there and everywhere. I really sort, sort of struggled to get, get going last year. I can feel it creeping in again this year, probably not as much as it has done in the past again. Um, but it's certainly sort of a stronger feeling in it in me than, it, than there was last season because, yeah, I just, I only watched a handful of games. I was keeping up to, up to date with it with sort of reports, clips, things like that. But I hardly watch the games, I'll be honest. So I think a lot of people will understand that. And touching on your, your first point there as well, the sort of higher they go and, you know, no Stanley fan will complain at the position that they're in now, but I won't mention any names, but they'll be listening to this and they know exactly who they are. But a lot of, a lot of fans that have been going for a long, long time have had that conversation with me as well, that the sort of higher that they go and the sort of, I don't even know what you'd call it. The, even the fact that they've got this new incredible bar and the new stands sort of top of the range and things like that. I've had countless conversations with people saying, has it taken sort of a bit of the magic out of it? Um, and I'll probably get pelters for that online as well. But I'm, people have had that conversation with me. I'm not saying that in particular. Um, but I always remember Noel Gallagher said when when Man City got good, I remember he said that Ricky Atten once said to him, I preferred it when we were a bit shit, you know. I used to enjoy it more when nobody liked us. And I wonder if it's that sort of same old thing. You sort of grow up as that huge underdog. And then in the last five years or so, we've sort of changed into something a little bit different. And it's a, it's a little bit strange at times. Um, and again, it's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing. It's, it's, it's definitely a good thing for the football club. But it's, it's just very interesting to hear people's ideas and sort of attitudes around it as well. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, you know, it does my head in when people are, oh, I only like that. Uh, band when they were crap or, yeah yeah I like that band's first two albums because after that they went corporate and stuff like that I'm not really that guy like I always think that um a lot of the time the music becomes better as you as you progress and stuff and and that's a metaphor for for Stanley like it's amazing like the idea that when I were getting in for free at half time when I was like eight <laughs> yeah uh, it was absolutely awful like that never happened now and they and then if I spoke to myself at that point saying it cost 20 pounds to get into the into the gate 
And that's because the quality of the football and the environment is so much better than it was when you were paying 50p to get in. Like, you know, there's no there's no argument about that. And the club has more people to pay, has bigger assets, it has more stuff to pay for, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it, isn't, it isn't like um, I'm not slating the work that's been done by the club, which is absolutely amazing. It's just that I, I think it's really difficult for my brain and my attitude towards Stanley to change when I've had so long of them being like this sort of mildly famous provincial team that never really achieved anything. And then last sort of like, if you go 20 year span or whatever, they've just won loads of stuff. like, mm, yeah. and, they, and they've done it with, with style, haven't they? You know, I remember I, I was really into Stanley when they went on that amazing FA Cup run where they beat Bournemouth and, you know, they went to Colchester and all that. And I was really, really into it then. And I was thinking, this will it'll never get better than this. Like, it'll never get better. So if I, you know, if you were talking to me uh, about that and then said like, well, in a few years, they'll actually be in League One and they'll be holding their own in League One and become an established team. And sometimes they might even push for the playoffs of the championship to play Rovers and Burnley. Like my head would have been like all over the shop. Like, and that that's like, and I, that's not a, you know, that's not a, a, a horrible thing to say about the club. Like that is a genuine thing that they can achieve with the set of players that they've got, which is mad. But um, yeah, I think it's just, a, again, maybe in ever the Roman, I sort of think want things to stay the same, but they can't, can they? Especially in football, you you know, you stand still, you're dead, aren't you? So I think it is amazing what they've achieved with such little financial input. But, you know, using the time motto, industry and prudence, that's exactly what they've done. They've worked hard and invested their money in the right ways. And this is the result, isn't it? So, but yeah, I am, I am miserable slightly in that, you know, I don't want it to change. I want it to be free for people to get in at half time and it just be awful quick football. And then I can have something to hope for, maybe. But yeah, no, it, I'll still love Stanley. I love the town, love the club, always will do. But um, yeah, it's just a it's just a very strange transitional period for my brain to get used to and being pretty good. So yeah, yeah, that is it. They, it. These truly are sort of the halcyon days of the club. I reckon. It's, <laughs> absolutely, it's amazing. It's absolute insanity. Yeah. Um. So. Moving on then, I guess, like we, you've spoken about the variation of your offerings and things like that. What would you say is your favourite ever product that you've produced? That might be a tough question and an impossible one, but I thought I'd ask it anyway. Um, I like products that um, go through what I call the, the production phases really well. So when you come up with an idea, you take that to a, a factory or a maker they make a sample and it's great. You approve that sample, then it goes to being made on a scale and then the scale production is as good as the sample and then you tell people about it. People like it, they buy it, you sell out of it, done. Um, I could probably count on like one hand the amount of times that that's happened. But um, there's been a few pairs of socks that have been that way. But uh, there was a polo shirt, the first ever one that we did called the Luca polo shirt, which was just all black, everything that was made in Blackburn. That was absolutely amazing. Uh, but to be honest, one of my favourite things that we continually do are working on shoes with uh, Walsh in Bolton. They're always really well received. They're always super cool. Uh, but probably the product where I sort of thought, yeah, this is this. I could actually do this for a living. Is when we did a pair of socks called the Pierlo socks, which were blue with the Italian tricolore on them, and uh, they like sold out in like five minutes. And this was before like you know I'm really lucky that a lot of stuff that we sell sells out pretty quick, or you know that people react to pretty strongly. Uh, but this was before all that, and I think they sold out in maybe an hour or two hours or something. I remember thinking, oh my days, like I might actually have a chance at. Uh, having a job at this, so that's quite exciting. And they they flew out. They're a great pair of socks. They were made by one of my favourite manufacturers in the world, um, Neil in 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 Leicester, who makes my socks for me. Uh, and it all just sort of clicked. And it it's just a, a really important product for for that reason that it made me sort of think, oh, maybe I could actually do this for a little bit. Not that I'm any good at it, you know. I'd, I still don't think I'm any good at it even now. But um, I do. It was the point where I thought, oh well, yeah, people people get what I'm trying to do, so that's great. <laughs> absolutely no fantastic and i've got a pair of your socks as well i got them as a gift and they're they've, they've lasted ages and they're still probably the sort of strongest pair of socks i've got i remember did you do you did a napoli la and aki like 
Was it like was it like a triple? But you could buy. Yeah, it, yeah, it was a skyline. Yeah, of each of the places. Yeah. Yeah. So mine, mine are the dark ones, which I think are the Accrington ones. They? they are. Yeah, the Accrington yeah, skyline. Yeah. yeah, they're absolutely quality. I'd, I'd definitely recommend the socks as well to everybody. Um, fantastic, mate. It's been really good. I mean, I've got a last couple of questions then. Um, so, what are your hopes then for the future? You know, with trick it really. Um, do you want to? You've just done, you've said to us you've done ten years. It's still going really, 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 really strongly. Is it just more of the same? Carry on making you know quality products that you love to, and you know giving them out to people and getting them out there. Um, I think um, it's a, it's a difficult question because this we're in a in a world of change, aren't we? Currently, and, and equally, I'm not a goal driven guy. I'm a I'm a cool stuff driven guy. So I'd love to be one of those people that would say like in five years, I want to be able to be doing this or, you know, I'm going to be driving a Bentley or I'm going to buy three houses in Naples or something like that. That's not really who I am. Um, I barely plan what I'm having for my lunch, to be honest. In fact, that's probably one of the few things I do plan. Uh, so that's a terrible <laughs> example. Uh, but um, that, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't really what it is for me. I, as long as I can continually wake up every day and I'm still having fun, um, that's that's the most important thing for me. As long as people can who, who engage with the brand and, and, and like it can still tell that I'm having fun, that's the most important thing because I think with everything in my life that I've ever done, as soon as I'm not having fun anymore, um, I sort of hang it up and move on to something else to do do things in a different uh, different way. Um, so yeah, I think it's um, without sounding too sort of boring, it, it is about maintaining the the great relationships that we have, learning more every day as I, as I do, and um, still having fun. I know that seems like a bit of a, a juvenile thing to say, but um, it is about having fun every day, waking up every day, hoping that I can make nice things and make people smile because that's really really what I'm in it for. That's a gorgeous answer, yeah. Um, that sort of, it moves me on to my next question as well then, where you've just mentioned that sort of hard times, uncertainty in times. Um, on these episodes where I'm going to be speaking to sort of local people, I'm going to ask them all these sort of questions, but we do live in uncertain times now um, for the town and, and for everybody in it. What, what do you see for sort of the future of Heimburn? What what do you hope for the future as an area? Because we've got so much stuff mounting up now, you know, the cost of living crisis that's coming in, you know, Brexit will affect people in different ways, I'm sure. What do you hope for Heimburn? How do you see Heimburn at the minute? And, and where do you hope we go, I guess, in the future? Well, to be honest, a lot like my attitude towards the football club, I just think... Um, society as a whole like i'm not just focusing on on accrington heimburn you know the, the wider area or anything like that I'm, I'm sort of thinking maybe even even as a planet um i just think um we're in a bit of a transitional period aren't we and it does seem like everybody's um it, it's very easy to point the finger at certain people and say they're doing a terrible job or um this needs to change very quickly and all that sort of stuff but um it does seem like we're all very angry and i sort of hope that one thing that comes out of everything that goes forward is that we can calm it down and bring everybody with us so that we can um it's, it's function better as a society because i do really think that there's uh, some quite desperate things going on with some and stuff could make some people very desperate and i don't think that's a really a nice that way to for society or um human beings to operate really but that's a massive answer so i won't i'll bring it a bit more down to down down to earth um i read recently that um I think it's Accrington Town Centre. There's actually like plans afoot to basically knock it down and start again, like where the Irondale is and, and around that area. And um, a few of my mates were saying to me, "Oh, this is this is horrible, isn't it? You know, as the king of Accrington, you must be really upset about that." And in some ways, obviously, well, most ways, I'm very upset about that. But um, in other ways, I sort of think that it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if it did get knocked down and started again and made flats out of and we used Aki as an example of like how not to do things like I hope it doesn't come to that because I love this town have some really amazing buildings that I really miss but um I just think there's, there's the mismanagement of like little towns like ours um it's horrible and you can sort of see it slipping through your fingers a bit and you're sort of powerless to do anything and that can feel a bit upsetting but I think um as as more and more movements are showing at the minute if you can unite 
and sort of have a united front over how you want to achieve things and how you want to do things, I do think you, you can make a difference rather than bickering amongst yourselves about the minutiae of like whether the grass should be green or straight cut or whether it should have a curved edge and just sort of think, well, we agree that we both like grass, so let's just go for it. I think that's hopefully the 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 attitude that more of us can can take, and that will hopefully transform little towns like ours. And you know, once you start transforming little towns like ours, and there's people giving more attractive propositions for people to come and move to, buy cheaper houses, invest in the area, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's how things change. It isn't massive things overnight, but gradual little movements forward that'll help us all. Like I'm a I'm an optimist, and I do genuinely think that things will get better, but I just think we need to sort of work together in order for that to happen rather than just screaming at each other that things are terrible things they look a bit grim at the minute i'm not going to say that they don't look i'm not going to say they look rosy because for a lot of people things are going to be a bit grim but if we sort of stick together and work together i do genuinely think we can make things a lot better for a lot more people in my opinion no, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that it's it's that conversation that people can have, isn't it? And I think it's people being open to that conversation as well. Um, but yeah, no, fantastic, mate. Um, well, yeah, one last question then. I don't want to keep you for too long because um, well, I know you're a busy man. Um, is raw milk still available on your website or not? Long gone, yeah. Long like, gone. Yeah, people loved it. Um they, I was only thinking, I was did some research before I came on here and I had a look at where they actually went to. The furthest away one went to was Thailand, actually. Oh, my goodness. Do you know what? I get a, um, we, you know, on, on your podcast, you can check where people are listening. And we have one listener in Thailand every time. I wonder if it's the same person. Yeah, wouldn't that be weird if it was that one person? But yeah, they, like they went all over the magazines. Like, um, weirdly, issue two did better than issue one as regards where it went. And um, where did they go? Like, a lord went to America. Few went to Canada. Uh, lord went to Italy because of such a, a culture of fanzines in Italy. Mm, and, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they went all over. Like, one went to South Africa. Uh, a few of my mates took one to India with them, and it never came back. So yeah, it was yeah, it was really well received. So you know, I, I love it when people say stuff like this to me. But you should definitely make more of those because it's really good fun. I know, yeah. The, the reason that I didn't was, well, I haven't done it in such a long time is because I started doing them just as I went into teaching. And I, you'll know this yourself, but it was such a time-consuming thing. And I was, it was my, you know, my my designer mate, actually, who told me about Tricket originally that I've, I've mentioned at the start of this. He was helping me with the, he was doing all the design, but literally every single thing else I was in charge of. So I was writing everything that was in it, apart from obviously the, the offerings that you gave. I was um, proofreading it. I was double checking it all, getting the pictures. You know, I was getting in touch with Kipax, who was giving me all the pictures sponsorship ad design and by the end of it i was like jesus i could do with some help here but then but then what what happened was when people were offering to help me and things like that i was that in particular on what i wanted in it yeah that i was like this is my baby you know i don't want that i want this and so it became a bit of a a bit of a catch-22 really but um yeah the more that i do with the podcast and stuff like that i'll be looking at trying to do at least something again in print because that is really why I got into this and what I do sort of love doing and is, is writing um and going from there. Um so yeah hopefully in the future I'll try and do something. And as well as that my mum keeps my I get a call off my dad probably once a month telling me to come and move all these effing magazines out at shed because they're taking too much room up. Um so maybe <laughs> a, a few more in there and he, he might just lose his head completely. Um so yeah, fantastic. Then uh, one last push then just for people that are, uh, are sort of new to it, I'll link this when the podcast goes out as well, but where can we find you then? What is the actual website for people that want to go and take a look at it maybe for the first time? Um, the website is trickit-england.co.uk. If you use Twitter, it is at uh, Trickit England, which is all one word. And uh, Instagram is at Trickit England, all one word. We have a Facebook, but I never use it because I don't like Facebook. So if you're messaging me on there, I will not get back to you. And uh, if you want to come and find me, I'll be in Accrington, but uh, I keep a low profile. So you've probably never seen it. Ian Trickit, thank you very much, mate. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Thank you for tuning in to Raw Milk. Our theme music is Mr. Powder by Deja Vega. Our producer is Scott Borton. Follow us at Raw Milk Zine on Twitter and Instagram and Raw Milk Fanzine on Facebook. You can also download, subscribe and like all of our podcasts at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Up the Reds! Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.